0: up everybody welcome to ask for candy where we talk about healing self-care love sex relationships and what it takes to be amazing on the daily and i'm candace harper love coach i help heartbroken women and men become wholehearted with results proven coaching and hypnotherapy so that we can heal the past love ourselves unconditionally and start our love lives over from a clean slate honey and I'm also here to support us all in feeling epic, enough, peaceful, illuminated, and courageous in every aspect of our lives, but particularly in love, whether you are single or not. So now I don't want you to forget to subscribe to our audio broadcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, a whole bunch of other podcast outlets, you know, wherever you find your podcast, look for us, look for Ask for Candy, and even Anchor follow, subscribe, make sure that you're getting the alerts so you know we, we release a new podcast every Saturday, and you want to be the first to know. You want to be the first to listen, so make sure that you subscribe. You can also email us, askforkandypodcast at gmail.com if you have any comments, any questions, and any topics that you might want me to cover. And so today's show is is, did you fall in love with potential? So, you know, we're in our whole whole, our whole our heartbroken to wholehearted uh, season right now. Everything is about going from heartbroken to wholehearted. I mean, you know, we've had quite a couple of years. We got quite a couple of years under our belt, what with a pandemic and all the shifts and transformations that are going on globally. And in our universe, and how it's affecting all of us. You know, uh, mental health uh, statistics are higher than ever. You know, just we're going through it as people. And it's part of our human condition, it's part of our experience. But we want to be really uh, cognizant and aware that healing, wellness, all of that good stuff is really important right now. Right, so we want to be in that conversation and taking good care of ourselves. So that's why we're in this season of heartbroken to wholehearted. Today, I want to talk about you know sometimes in the aftermath we ruminate, we think about what happened, what did I do, why did I that go south? You know, in the aftermath of a relationship. We're like you know, what did I do wrong? What did they do wrong? We're just like going through the the uh, you know and encyclopedia of our minds trying to look for the answers you know so we can prevent ever doing it again and a lot of times we do a lot of, you know, uh, putting the past in the future by doing that, because we think, oh, well, you know, I see this in this person, and I see the same thing in another person, and I'm using that as an indicator that I'm going to have the same experience with this other person. And I've talked about that a million times. But one of the things that we often shame ourselves for, make ourselves wrong for, is the falling in love with potential. And if you listen to you know dating coaches and gurus and things like that a lot of them will tell you don't fall in love with potential now i'm not here to tell you that that's wrong advice but it's just a lot more uh, multi-layered than that it's not just about don't fall in love with potential because that leaves out a lot of possibility right and we're going to talk about the distinction right so if you've experienced the after effects of having fallen in love with someone's potential and what does that even look like so you know, I personally, I always bring up my, my very volatile abusive relationship because it's a really good mile marker for my transformation and what had me aware that I needed to turn things around. Like I had to be slammed up against the coral reef and get a lot of bumps and bruises and scratches and, you know, uh, just shooken up. <laughs> so that we get into a headspace where I knew that transformation had to happen. So I talk about that a lot. And so, you know, when we're thinking about the after effects, the after effects of having been in a relationship that didn't work out, what happens is a lot of rumination, right? So you're thinking about, you know, uh, what does it mean to be in the aftermath of having fallen in love with someone's potential, right? And I'm also going to share how to tell when, you, when it's a good idea to do it and when it's not a good idea to do it because there is a distinction. It's not always a bad thing to fall in love with someone's potential, and we're going to talk about why. And so um, I want to make distinct when you can and when you just might not want to, when it may not be a good idea. And we're not putting any limits and rules on it because I don't believe in that because there's just too much possibility in the world. There's too many layers to relationships. There's too many... um, you know, uh, things that we need to weigh out when we're choosing somebody for a partner. And it can't just be, you know, singular, where you're just looking at that one thing. And you also can't be like red flag mentality, where you say to yourself, oh, I'm falling in love with their potential, let me cut it off, this is not going to work. Because then, you know, that's how you miss out. There's a lot of people who fell in love with potential and ended up with someone who was was the long-term sustainable person for them. Right, And and I'm not going to say the right one, because we always end up with the right one for wherever we are in any given moment. But to end up with the one that is sustainable, that makes you feel loved, and that you want to love, and that you have that strong connection with, I'm not going to tell you don't fall in love with their potential, but I'm going to tell you how to decipher the difference between when you can and when you might not want to. So let's take limits, rules, right and wrong, and all of that out of it. Um, But you want to also know how to tell, you know, whether they're just talking really good game. Because a lot of times, and what happened with my situation, is that I met someone who talked a really good game when it came to potential, said all the right things, understood how to get into like, you know, my interest in personal growth, transformation, what that means, how you grow yourself, how you learn, like, like really pretended to be, committed to that, not just con—you know having the conversation, pretended that they were committed to it. And the reason I say pretending is because they were doing a lot of talking about it. But over time, I realized that there was no action to back it up. A lot of talking about being open to dreaming. And let me not lie. At first, they were a little uh, resistant when it came to dreaming. And that should have been something that... Um, not should have, I'm shooting on myself. See how easily we do that? But that's something that I look at in hindsight. And I say to myself, well, you know, this person in the beginning, they were saying I am resistant to this growth, but then somehow caught on to that that was going to be the way in Right. And I don't I don't think that this person did it consciously because I don't know that anybody's that smart. But I think when someone is is approaching and when any of us approach relationships in a narcissistic way, we look for the ends. We look for the opportunities. We look for our ways to sort of pull the wool over the other person's eyes, consciously or unconsciously. And so I think and I think this person kind of did it unconsciously because I don't know that they're that diabolical, but they're definitely showing up with narcissistic behaviors. We both were. But one thing that they did is they talked a great game. They really knew the words to say. They knew all the buzzwords that I loved. They talked spirituality and, you know, when they did begin future visioning, they talked about future dreams and what they want to create and, you know, started to get sort of on my bandwagon about it, and so I allowed myself to really believe in what they were saying as I was I was slowly starting to experience what they were doing, and that took a lot longer, right? I was experiencing what they were saying, and having that be my litmus, and really getting excited about that, and not paying attention to what they were doing, until I, you know, it got to a point where it really made a difference, where it really meant something, right? So um, I want to, you know, just give some indications of what to be looking for, right? Because either way, whether they're talking a good game or they really are uh, committed to making something happen in their lives, a lot of times we meet someone, and it doesn't matter what age, what stage of life you are in. A lot of times we can meet someone who has what I call no discernible success. Now, don't get me wrong; it depends on what success means to you, right? If you're if you're someone who's looking for, uh. You know, signs of financial responsibility, um, you know, knowing their career path, knowing what they're creating in their lives, being uh, very self-aware, self-knowledgeable. At, depending on what age you are, what stage you are in life, you may meet somebody who has no discernibility as far as that is concerned. Like it's hard to see any of the, of the things that they could possibly create or that they might be talking about, right? So in those situations, it's like, but I feel a lot of chemistry with the person. I feel very attracted to this person. I wanna be with this person. So then you have to say to yourself, like, you know, all there is here is potential, but is it the kind of potential that works? Or is it the kind of potential that is maybe not a good idea to try to fool myself into thinking that I can fix and support and, and be the one to catalyze, right? So I'm giving you little clues about what's coming if, you, if you're listening, hopefully you're listening, you're listening in a very conscious way. So let's talk about sustainable potential versus non-sustainable potential because potential is a great thing. We all have potential. We all are the possibility of all possibilities. We are all a field of possibility and none of us has reached our full potential. Let's just put that on the table right now. Not a single one of us out there has reached their full potential. Some of us have peaked and maybe we don't know that we could go higher, but not a single, I don't care who you, I don't care if you're Jeff Bezos and you got more money than you know what to do with, I don't care if you've won Pulitzer Prizes, I don't know, I don't care who you are, what you've accomplished in your life. If You're Oprah Winfrey, You know, someone who's overcome, you know, an origin of challenges in order to become, you know, break through ceilings that other women had not and and had. (laughs) I don't care who you are, how far your accomplishments are. None of us has reached their full potential, right? Once you once you've reached your full potential, you're done. It's over with. So you want to really be able to discern. What is sustainable, sustainable as in for a relationship potential, and what is non-sustainable potential? Because everybody's got potential, right? Everybody's got a possibility. So let's talk about non-sustainable. Non-sustainable is when you're dealing with someone who just has no drive, then that's clear, right? That's an obvious one. So they really just don't, they're, they're not driven. And they could be not driven for a million different reasons. It could be a mental health issue, an emotional health issue. It could be a physical issue. It could be, um, you know, where they come from. That's just, you know, the type of family that they come from. You know, if if they're just talking a lot, but there's no drive behind it, and you don't see any kind of movement, clearly, obviously, not potential that's ready for a relationship or that's relationship uh, appropriate, right? And you could see it all in them. Sometimes they're very uh, charismatic, good-looking, charming, funny, all of those things. But there's just no drive. There's no interest in talking about creating anything. There's no, and I'm not saying that you have to be a constant, constant uh, doer, Because we all have moments and seasons and times in our lives where we're just taking it easy and there's nothing wrong with that, especially these days. If you can just chill out and still be able to sustain yourself, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that. But doing that from a space of knowing that you're not here to do nothing, that your life is valuable, your life is worth something. So you are driven, whether it's to help other people, create something for your own people, you know, whatever it is, we are here to be creators. We're not here to, to you know just exist for nothing, right? And even those of us who are unable to create, eventually their a purpose aligns. We do become purposeful whether we choose it or not. So if they have no interest in that conversation and they're showing showing no uh, uh, no sort of motivation around anything, then they're not good potential for relationship addictive substances you would think that would be easy right that that's a no-brainer but how many of us get into relationships with people who are dependent on addictive substances whether it be alcohol or weed and sometimes we, we do that because we're dependent on something it may not be the same thing i know that in my abusive relationship he was very weed dependent And I was very sugar food dependent. I had addictive habits as well. I was addicted to anger. I was addicted to, um, you know, I had quit smoking by then, but, you know, I was someone who was prone to become addicted to things. And so... Here I ended up with this person who was highly addicted. I like wake and baker every single day, couldn't get through the day, and if, the, and if he wasn't smoking, he needed to be drinking, because he needed to be high on some level. And it was self-medication, whatever the reasons were. The reasons don't really matter. But you know, all the talk that he would do about being creative and what he wanted for the future was a false potential not saying that he's not ever going to create those things, but to be in relationship with someone and attach my hopes and dreams and what I create with someone who is not aligning with having potential, not sustainable, right? So if they are failure sensitive or highly shameful, like a lot of shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? You you know, it's like the old sort of, uh, trope of the guy who peaked in high school and he was such a great football player and he had he made some great play and that's all he can talk about because now he's you know working a, a minimum wage job and feels like he, he didn't you know didn't really do anything with his life he, he's shaming himself shaming his trajectory and so looking for you know where is it that I did have success let me hang on to where I had success And often that's the same type of person who is failure sensitive. So they didn't make attempts. They didn't try because they were afraid to fail. And there's a lot of us out there. I've been through a season of that in my life as well, where you're afraid to fail. So you make no attempt and you don't even try. If you don't think that you're going to be successful, if it's not automatic for you, in your mind that it, you know you're going to be good at it, you don't try because you're failure sensitive. Failure takes you down. And all of us have moments when we failed where we felt like it was going to take us down. But when someone's in that season of their life, that's not potential that you want to hit your wagon to as far as a relationship is concerned. They're shooting on themselves. You know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. I should have done this, but I didn't do it. I could have done that, but I didn't do it. I would have done that but I didn't do it for whatever reason. And then when they try to keep you small and put you down. So you see all this potential in this person. And obviously, you know, obviously a lot of the times that we see all this potential is because there is a deep physical attraction. Or you know, there's certain parts of their personality that speak to parts of our personality that we're familiar with. It might be trauma bonding. It might be all kinds of reasons that we find this person intriguing, attractive. Um, you know, we might be playing out the old story of like you know the abandoning father. So if they're difficult to to connect with, if they're emotionally disconnected or unavailable. I mean, you would think all this stuff would be so obvious, right? But I find clients, myself, you know, and not just women, men as well, still fall into the trap over and over again, well into middle age and beyond. So these are the things to be cognizant of when you're thinking about, oh, should I be with this person? Should I date this person? Because all they have right now is potential, All I'm seeing right now is potential, not anything discernible, right? And so yeah, they might often try to put you down and keep you small. And if they're putting you down and keeping you small, but you see them as, oh, but he's so smart. I have a girlfriend, she's been with the same guy for, I mean, we've known each other since we were 20, so we're going on 30 years, 30 plus years they've been together. And she was so in love with his potential and unaware that the way that he kept her was to keep her small as she was trying to grow. And, you know, she's grown over these years, but what could have been, what was possible in a lot of ways didn't end up being possible because she was under the influence of someone who was not reaching their full potential and therefore had sabotaging ways to make sure she didn't reach hers I know that's a lot of analyzation of someone else's relationship but that's just been my perception and observation over the years and it's something that has happened on some level to most of us right you end up with someone who you know they talked a good game but they're really not going anywhere but if they see you going somewhere they got to rein that in because that means you're not going to want them Right? So you want to be aware of that. If they are afraid, we're all afraid on some level, but if they're so afraid that they let things stop them, right? And you can see that in even the little small things the little tiniest of things. So if it's just let's say, getting finances organ- organized, which is not necessarily a tiny thing, but you know, getting errands done, you know, making sure paperwork is in order, registering for things that they need to, um, you know, standing up for themselves, uh, you know, just just ma- navigating through the world powerfully. Even those little things that might, you know, rock your courage a little bit, that they just push through. So you can notice that about a person in the beginning when you're with a person. If there's someone who lets the little small things just take them out. Well, I was going to go and get this thing done that I've been planning it to get done for ages, but then it rained today. So I just, you know, I decided not to do it. You know, you know those people and sometimes we are those people. We've all been those people on some level. So someone who's in a season of letting the little things stop them from getting things done, letting little things get in the way, letting pettiness get in the way, and you know, petty emotions, people's feelings for why they're not doing what it is that they need to be doing. Not good potential for relationship. Not the kind of potential, and yes, they are the still the possibility of all possibilities, but if you get in a relationship with them, just know that you're going to be up against their resistance to whatever it is that they're they're claiming that they really want to have, that they really want to create. You just got to know, honey. You just got to be aware that that's what you're doing, right? So now let's talk about sustainable potential. Sustainable potential, and how you know that, that what you're recognizing when you recognize potential in that person is sustainable for a relationship, right? So number one is that when they dream, they dream wholeheartedly and passionately. Passionate, passionate dreaming. That you, If you say to them, what do you see for yourself in, let's say, five years, they can give you a, a wholehearted, passionate, creative scenario of what they see for themselves, and you can feel their emotional connection to it. Like one day, I am going to own commercial real estate rent commercial real estate or I am going to flip houses. It doesn't have to be in in real estate, whatever their dream is. I am going to, you know, build a an LLC that services, you know, whoever, this, that, and the other. I am going to get to this particular point in my career and create this or that. I'm gonna make this kind of contribution to the world. I'm gonna create a family, you know, and be Um, you know, the most loving and generous parent that I know how to be, whatever that looks like for me. Like that ability to create what it is, be passionate about it, share it wholeheartedly with a sense that they believe that it's possible. So even if they have none of those things at the moment, if they can speak it as if they know it, they know it's already theirs and they have passion for it, that's the kind of potential that you can relationship with i love that i just turned relationship into a verb but that is the kind of potential that you you want a relationship with that they are passionate they just know they see it they they understand you know being purposeful they have a reason for why they feel the way they feel about what they're creating. They have a vision, they can see it. Even better if they're doing expressive things that show that they have a vision. I know it's corny, you know, like vision boards and things like that. People think that's corny, but someone who is passionate enough to sit and make a vision board about what they're creating in their lives, that's somebody you wanna be in relationship with, even if they don't have anything on that vision board yet. And number two is they're constantly creating and solving. So when you're dealing with someone who is you an know, idea person, idea people are the best people to be in relationships with. When they just have ideas after ideas. Now you say, oh, but if they're not moving on those ideas, if they're having those ideas, and they're excited and they're engaged in it, trust me, they're gonna have an idea come to fruition. And if they're always looking to solve, Looking to solve problems, you know, a lot of times we, we give a, people a hard time. It's like, well, why are you always trying to solve it? I just want to vent. I just want to talk about it. Why can't you just listen to me, bitch? You know, like we want that. We want someone who's just going to be the ear for our, our uh, horror stories and what we want to bitch about. We think that that's what a partner is for. That's not what a partner is for. Yeah, sure, a lot of people can do that with their partner. And, you know, people bond in that way. Let's sit and bitch. You listen to me vent, I'll listen to you vent, whatever. I mean, like, I, I've been there, don't get me wrong. I've been in those relationships. Trust me when I tell you, it ain't that valuable. <laughs> it's not that, it's, ooh, the tones are going off. It's not that great of a trait to have in your relationship that you can bitch to your partner, right? I mean, you 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 want somebody who's a creator and a solver, For long term for sustainability you want to be a creator and a solver why do we want to dwell in problems if i tell you this or that and the other is going on now that's different than someone who's constantly insisting their advice on you well you should do this and you should do that yeah that can be annoying but someone who's like oh wow that you're going through that thing well what about this what if we do that well i have a great idea i'd love to help you here's my solution are you interested in that? In that? Like someone who you know, returns your problems with solutions, someone who's creative around all of that, that's sustainable potential. Because the problem might not already be solved and the solution might not always already be in place, but if they're willing to create solutions, think about possibilities and what could be, that is sustainable potential. Number three is that they're self-motivating. You see them on the move. They never stop. And that's not to say they have to be like, you know, never sit down, never rest, never relax. Resting and relaxation is very important. But you see them saying and doing, saying and doing, saying and doing, saying and doing. Even if it's the smallest of things. I am going to get up at 8 o'clock and, you know, just run. Okay. And they do it. And I know that sounds so rudimentary and so simplistic. But how many of us out there say we're going to do something and don't do it? And what we're doing is wrecking our potential or ignoring our potential, not living into our potential, not aligning with it. But someone who says it and does it, that's alignment with potential. And they may not have any discernible success as far as you're concerned, but you watch them. And they're doing what they say they're going to do every day. Because success is something that builds, can build over time. Sometimes you can have it overnight, but for the most part, people are building it over time. And they, don't, they understand that it's not about instant gratification, that it's about consistency. It's about being in the game, staying in the game, no matter what. They're not afraid of the failure. They're not failure sensitive because they know failure is part of it. They're self-motivating. They keep on the move. They keep up with their routine. They keep up with what they said they're going to do. Not perfect. None of us is perfect. But they are unflinchingly committed. And if you see that, even with the smallest of things, even if it's that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm someone who's a healthy eater, doesn't mean they can never eat anything that's unhealthy. But for the most part, you see them eating healthy at least, you know, 85, 90 percent of the time. That's what they do every now and then they may, you know, treat themselves. But if they say it, they do it. They say, oh, you know, I'm not much of a drinker. Well, a lot of people who are alcoholics will say that. So so what are they doing when they say that? You see, you see, maybe they only have a glass of wine a month and they're aligning. And I'm not saying, you know, you have to only have a glass of wine a month. What I'm saying is that if they say it, that's what they do. Right. That's what self-motivation is. I say it and I do it. Guys know this. You know that 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 you know it's the word keeping, but a lot of times we we ignore when someone is out of their word because we so want to believe what they say, even though what they're doing is very much quite the opposite. We so want to be in staunch belief that you know because they told me this, and even if they've shown us over and over again, you know, like when I was with my uh, my weed head, he started out in the beginning as we were starting to get to know each other, well, I do smoke weed, but I'd like to smoke less. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, we're grown people, he's, he's planning to smoke less. And I didn't, you know, when I didn't live with him, I had no idea how much he smoked <laughs> until I started to live with him. And I noticed that little by little, it was, it, was a, it was a declaration every few days, uh, you know, I really don't want to smoke anymore, I, I really am smoking too much, this is not something I want to do anymore. And it did not in any way affect the level to which he was smoking. Now don't get me wrong, this is not me shaming someone for smoking. But it's, it's one of those things where if I'm aware that what you're saying and what you're doing are completely incongruent, I know that you're not aligning with your own potential. And that's not the kind of potential that is relationship worthy, right? Number four, they support and inspire you. Now here's the thing about that. It's very important to be self-supported, self-inspired. You have to generate that for yourself you can't wait for someone else to do that for you no matter what you're up to hopefully you're creating and solving problems but it's not about waiting for someone else to be able to do it for you however if you want to gauge whether someone has the kind of potential that is sustainable ask yourself how much do they support and inspire me right not not just support and inspire me but also you know are amenable to support and inspiration because even that can be supportive and inspiring. It's that exchange, it's that relating, relationship, relay, we relay things, ways of being, energies, behaviors, we're relaying, right? So if they're supporting and inspiring you, they're excited, they're lit up by what you're doing, it's because they have a belief in possibility, they have a belief in potential. And if they have a belief in your potential, it very likely has, comes from a belief in their own potential. It's very hard to believe in someone when you don't believe in yourself. right? But a belief in your potential, a, 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 a desire to support you, a desire to inspire you, to be part of your inspiration is a really good sign that you're dealing with sustainable potential for a relationship, in a relationship. And so this one I brought up earlier when I said, you know, they 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 are afraid, like letting things stop them. And that's the thing about someone who's sustainable. They don't let anything stop them, especially when it comes to like the smallest achievements. They just don't let anything stop them. And it is possible to be unstoppable. A lot of times we think, oh, but I can't do anything about you know, things that are going on with COVID and I can't do anything about the fact that that person said no and I can't do anything about, you know, that that my job is my job and all of that. So that's that's valid. It's reasonable. We do tend to like, you know, let the world dictate a lot of things. But when we're willing to say, maybe I don't know what to do about it, start there. But it doesn't mean nothing can be done about it, whatever it might be, whatever we choose to do, whatever we we task ourselves with, however we want to move in the world. The idea is that if someone shows you that they are unstoppable, everything that they are creating may not have materialized yet. But when you see them not being held back by things, and this is the same thing I was saying earlier, basically. You know, the mentality of I'm not gonna let it stop me. I have my pandemic pooch who I talk about, my German Shepherd, and when I rescued this German Shepherd, I know, I rescued him, he rescued me too. But when I rescued this German Shepherd, he came to me with absolutely no training whatsoever. I mean, very little. He was He was pretty I mean, somewhat housebroken, like he knew to wait to go outside. That was about it. He was a puppy biter at 63 pounds with a big, big, huge German shepherd mandibles and sharp teeth. He had no manners whatsoever. He jumped on things. He, he would have zoomies out of nowhere. He was uh, uh slightly aggressive felt threatened, I don't know who had him before or what they were doing with him before, but he often felt threatened if I moved too quickly, and I wasn't used to having him, and when I first got him, I was living in a very small space, and so if I physically moved too quickly, not even moving in his direction, it might cause him to snap. He was very volatile, he was on the edge, on the edge of things, and I said to myself, I may not be able to keep this dog, because it feels dangerous and he's a lot for me. But I'm not just going to let him go to a shelter or go to another foster home or go to someone who says they're going to take him and take care of him and not train him because the potential would be too high that someone else would have to reject him. Someone else might say, I'm not doing this. Let me pass him on. So I can't do that. I can't just pass him on because he seems difficult. And so I made a commitment. And I say all of this. I know it's a long story. But I made a commitment that I was going to do what I needed to do to train and take care of this dog with consistency. And so that meant every single day giving him enough exercise, which meant... You know, we do a four to five mile hike every morning. We still do it. Here we are almost two years. Well, a year and a half, a year and a half in, we do a four to five mile hike every day. You know, we do at, at the very least 15 minutes of some level of training or just, you know, recalling his training. What well, You know, the training that I've given him. He still has some ways to go, but I've been working with him for a year and a half. And he is the most cuddly, sweetest, most wonderful dog. But if along the way I would have said, oh no, I'm not doing this today because it's raining outside. No, I don't feel like doing this today because my back is out. I don't feel like doing this today because... And I say all of this because I've done this with other things where it's like I had a million reasons why not to do it. And those million reasons had me stopped right so i couldn't live into the potential of whatever it was i was saying i was trying to do because i wasn't i wasn't unstoppable but with this doggy i have to say and i'm very proud of myself i'm patting myself on the back i'm acknowledging myself i have been unstoppable around having this dog be a pet that anybody would want and because i've been unstoppable he's become a pet that i can't let go of <laughs> so I haven't been his foster foster for you know I've had him for a year and a half and I haven't been his his foster for what almost a year and a half (laughs) he's been mine as far as my heart and my mind are concerned and he is fully mine now I would never never willingly give him up never willingly give him up because he is now a a pet that anybody would love. He's cuddly, he's playful, he's as sweet as he can be, he has a loving demeanor, he's happy, he's comfortable, he feels safe, you can tell, because he's had consistency, he's had enough exercise. I know I'm going on a long tangent about this, but what I'm talking about is that willingness to be unstoppable, to be consistent, to keep plugging, to make something happen, to align with what you envision, and what I envisioned for him, was that he would be in a happy, loving home where he's comfortable and safe and can be a good doggy and be a good pet that, that someone could love. And it just so happened that that ended up being for me. At the time, I didn't even know I was creating that for me. It just hit me. I fell in love with him, right? But I had to be unstoppable. I had to be unstoppable in my actions and in my beliefs that it was possible, And so you want someone who understands that, that understands unstoppability. If you are with someone who understands unstoppability, you can love them, fall deeply, madly in love with them for their potential. Because someone who understands unstoppability is going to own the world. Somebody who understands that it's not just the words you say, even though the words you say are very important, it's the actions that you put behind them. Someone who gets that and lives that, and you see that in them, you see them doing what they say they're going to do unstoppably, that is the kind of potential that you can fall in love with, even if there's no signs in reality. I mean, there's obviously going to be some signs if they've been unstoppable about certain things, but no signs that we often look for, like if the bank account isn't what you would like for it to be, or the job title is not yet what you would like for it to be. If what you see in that person is an unstoppability, a sense of unstoppability, and I keep saying that word because I want to drill it into your head, unstoppable, unstoppable, unstoppable. That is the kind of potential that you can fall in love with. And then the last one is that they speak life into themselves and into others. So that goes back to the support thing. But they know how to use words to speak life into who they are. They say, I am... It is, it already exists. I believe in it. Even if I don't see it yet, I know it's going to happen. This is happening. What I'm creating is real. They speak powerful words of affirmation into everything that they do and who they are. And if they're speaking powerful words of affirmation into themselves and into you, That's the kind of potential that you can fall in love with. Now, don't get me wrong. I know, just like I said, in my abusive relationship, I was dealing with someone who, um, you know, learned to talk the talk. But if you combine it with some of these other things where you're looking for that unstop, they're speaking the words, you're looking for that unstoppability, you're looking for that self-motivating Way you're looking for that, that creating, that problem solving, that you know, just coming up with solutions, that being able to work around issues. I remember going with one of my best friends to the Dominican Republic, and somehow we ended up flying into an airport that was five hours away from the hotel that we had already booked. This is such a first world problem, but anyway, we had booked one of those, you know, travelocity everything you book it all, the hotel, your car, your, you know, but we, I don't think we booked a car. Anyway, we flew in, ended up, uh, we flew into Punta Cana. We were supposed to be in Puerto Plata and went to a hotel that was a similar name. They didn't have a reservation. We were like, what the hell's going on? Come to find out that we were meant to be at the hotel in Puerto Plata, which if you know, the DR is about a five hour drive away. And so there we were, faced with, and this is why going on vacation with people is the best way to find out somebody's character. Are you with an unstoppable person? Go on vacation with them. Go on a trip with them. I know that's a little difficult right now with COVID, but even around that, an unstoppable person will find some way to take a little trip. You go on a trip with them, and when the problems arise, see how they behave. You'll know whether they're an unstoppable person. So we're there, we find out we need to go five hours, and we're a little bummed, but it's like, you know what? We're here to be on vacation. Let's do it. Just so happened that they had newly plowed a road through the middle of the island, a road that didn't exist just a year or so beforehand. A newly plowed road down the middle of the DR, the Dominican Republic, through Santo Domingo. And this was years ago, obviously. And so we decided let's do it. Let's do this vacation. Let's get to that five star hotel we have booked. We talked to our cab driver, the one who brought us from the airport. We were like, you got you got a day to take us for a drive? How much will it cost? He was like, $500 US. We're like, you know what, let's do it. We're just gonna do it. Now, you know granted, everybody doesn't have $500 to drop, but there was a part of us that was like, you know what? Let's just do what we need to do to make this vacation happen. We'll settle it all out later. Let's be unstoppable around it. We're here to have fun. We're here to make this happen. We had an amazing road trip, five hour road trip. We stopped on the side of the road. The taxi driver got us uh, these fresh oranges that they were selling just on the side of the road. We stopped in Santo Domingo to go to the bathroom. There's chickens running around in a restaurant. You know, we got to see the countryside, the mountains, how beautiful the island is, you know, inland. And we got all the way to our five-star hotel. We had an amazing vacation in the hotel we were meant to stay in. We changed our, our returning flight to leave from Puerto Plata and when we got back, I wrote a very succinct, well-worded, pleasant letter to Travelocity. What happened? How is it that, that you know you sent us a hotel that, you know, or, or booked us on a flight that took us into the, the wrong city? And they were very kind and paid for our entire vacation. I'm not saying all of that to pat myself on the back. I'm saying that's what unstoppability will get you solutions fun unexpected surprises right sometimes it might feel challenging but that's what you want to look for in another person as far as a relationship is concerned unstoppable speaking life speaking life into themselves and others And so the takeaway, what is the takeaway? Wow, this 45 minutes went by fast. The number one most important takeaway is that if you're dealing with someone who understands the power of their word, meaning they powerfully align their actions with their words, and they don't let the past dictate their future. So that's that unstoppability thing. But also, you just know they're going to be there when they say they're going to be there. And that could start from the very first date. I'll pick you up at 7. If he comes at 7.30 and didn't communicate and maybe has an excuse, even if he apologizes, it can happen. It can happen once. And then maybe it'll happen again. It happens again. You start to notice that what they say and what they do is incongruent. doesn't make them a bad person. doesn't mean anything's wrong with them. It gives you an opportunity to say, should I be falling in love with this person's potential? And it's not just about you know, picking you up on dates. It's like, do they do what they say they're going to do? Are they engaged in what they say? If they say, oh, I want to start a workout regime. And I'm just using these very basic examples. I mean, obviously, there's so many things that, that people can be engaged in that they can put their word on saying they're going to do right it could be like a small diy project in their house you know i'm going to clean the gutters on my house and you notice you're dating this person they keep talking about cleaning the gutters on their house and days weeks go by and they don't clean the gutters on their house they're not a bad person we all have some something like that but you know when you're looking at potential potential when it comes to a relationship look at whether they do what they're saying what they say they're going to do right the most important takeaway and here's the thing if you do fall in love with someone's potential and you see all of those those sustainable potential type aspects it's still very important not to go into fixing forcing or cajoling because someone who has legit potential or legit possibility, or a legit connection to their potential. We all have potential, but someone who legitimately has connection to it will only require the support that you have and that you are most happy to give freely. Right? They're not going to require for you to bend over backwards, compromise yourself, uh, go above and beyond what is what makes sense for you to sacrifice yourself, all of, all of you know, us out there. I was uh, talking to a client yesterday about all that she does in her marriage, how much money she pays, how she you know, provides for so many things, and you know, all that she's done, that story of like, oh, I've sacrificed so much. No, someone who legitimately is aligned with their potential is gonna love to have your support But they're not gonna require any support that is beyond what you are most happy to freely give. And it's up to you, my sweetheart, my sweet love, to recognize whether you are trying to fix, force, or cajole someone into living into their potential. Because when we are, that's when we over-sacrifice. Because we're trying to make something happen. We're attached to their potential. So that's the key. When you fall in love with someone's potential because they've got all those traits that show you that their potential is that they're aligned with their potential, know that the most important thing for you to do is not become attached to their potential because that's not healthy. And then you end up trying to force it, fix them. And it's not in your timing. And yeah, it's all very scary and unvariable and there's no guarantees. But that's what love is, honey. That's what we're here for. There ain't no guarantees. None of us is guaranteed any of it, right? We're just here living in these moments, moment to moment. So choose wisely. Choose choose in a way that lights you up and keeps you passionate. And yes, you can fall in love with someone's potential. Just make sure that they're in love with it first. Oh, I love you so much, my sweethearts. All right, so you know we're going from heartbroken to wholehearted. And if you're ready to make a serious commitment for your transformation because you've got symptoms of not feeling enough, you're you're in a heartbreak state, your physical wellness is being affected, depression and anxiety, addiction, addictive behaviors, you're just not feeling it, not feeling great. It's just, it's hard, it's sledging through and you're ready to go to wholehearted. You're ready to make both an emotional and a financial investment, both equally important. You know, people act like, oh, I shouldn't have to pay my money for this. Yes, you should. We all should. We pay a lot of money because money makes the world go round. You offer abundance to others. If someone's giving you value, you offer abundance to others. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. A lot of people have, myself included, a lot of contributive world plans for the money that they make. So yes, I do expect people to be able to make a financial investment. And just as important, I expect people to make an emotional investment. No one out here can fix you, switch your light switch, or sell you anything that is going to transform your experience if you are not willing to transform your experience, if you are not willing to be different than you are right now, and than you are when you're getting the things that you don't want. In order to have a different experience it will require you to be a different person and different in the sense that to make different choices than you've been making right so that is an emotional investment so both the financial and emotional investment are required but if you are interested in really making a transformation from heartbroken to wholehearted email me candace at com. let me know that you want my exclusive consultation link just put that in the, in the subject line or put that in the body of the email. And I will make sure that you have that link so that we can meet up and have a conversation and see if I can help you, if I'm the person for you. Because not everybody's right for everybody. So we got to see if we're a fit. Anyway, you can follow me at Candy CandyLoveCoach on Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe to Ask for Candy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts and Anchor. And that's it, my sweet love. I love this time that we've had together. Until next time, never forget that you are a love machine. If you ever start to feel like you are not getting the love that you need, just make more and then ask for candy. I love you so much, my sweetheart. I just want to love you. I want to kiss you. I want to hug you. I want to love you. No, 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 my smoopy. I love you. Bye. I call my sugar cane